0: At Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends if you don't know them? So grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can share movies. Like friends do.
1: There's always room for more movie friends.
2: So sit back,
1: relax,
0: and enjoy the show.
2: Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room.
1: Hello and welcome to the Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course, and today I'm joined by Sip Sif Pop Writer, Joe. Hey, everybody. As well as Luke. Hello there. Uh, we write for SifPop.com. Pop.com. We do movie reviews, best ever challenges, and lots of other interesting movie-related articles. Lots of good stuff on the website from these guys. Make sure to check out um, uh, big, big BEC writers. Uh, <clears throat> Joe, you got a chance to write on LA Confidential last week. That's one of my favorite movies. It's so good. Yeah, the
0: funny thing is, I think I've only seen it once or twice, but it is like a terrific film like from start to finish like especially the character writing it's phenomenal it's great
1: yeah uh and like one of the best acting you know ensembles of all. Yep. uh yeah anyway just stuck out to me recently uh well uh on the show on the podcast we'll be talking about um a couple movies um that are coming out and then we'll talk about constantine for a hot second F- seems fitting for an october release uh, and with the recently announced sequel um you know we'll that makes it kind of timely. Uh, and then for the B-plot, we'll be forming our own Legion of Doom. Um, that makes me really excited. I think that'll be a lot of fun. And then uh, we'll do the spin-off. So quick recommend or warn from each one of us. But uh, first, uh, let's get a chance to talk with our writers a little bit this week. Um, uh, Luke brought this up, and I thought... Yeah, what a great what a great topic. So, Luke, I'm gonna actually have you kick us off. It was recently announced that uh, Wolverine will be in Deadpool three, and it will be Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. So, what are some initial thoughts that you have about all of that?
2: I quite like it. I I have seen some opinions already how people are not excited because obviously that kind of mutes the events of Logan pointless, and you know the uh, Logan is really. Beloved, I kind of liked it, but I don't really love it the same way people love it. So I am actually excited for it because people were crying for Deadpool, Wolverine movie with Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds for a while, and I think it should be fine, I thought, or hopefully, it should be better than fine. But yeah, I'm actually excited.
1: Nice, uh, Joe. What are your initial thoughts?
0: Uh, I I've, I've always been really excited at the prospect of these two sharing a film together, um, all their like online hijinks and like the way they're like best friends um i think they will really work on screen probably uh, well um yeah i really love logan but i don't think i have any apprehension for for that being the case or like tarnishing that film that seems to be running on a different timeline as well from just the way it's set up so i don't really have any problems there uh but yeah i think i think the biggest concern is like how how big of a role will it be here is it going to be like you know or they could be throughout the entire runtime together is it going to be or are they gonna troll us? Is he only gonna make it like a small appearance? Mm-hmm. And Then also, like, I mean, he's—I I don't see him running this long term in the MCU. So, they're, I mean, I think they—they have their uh, their mindset of recasting the character as well. So, um, as long as long as they keep that in mind, like, um, yeah, I, I think I think would be fine. I think it'd be a really great movie.
1: That's the thing like that is kind of my hang up. I mean, sure. I, I feel like there's a little bit of a hang up because Logan really felt like a perfect goodbye to that character or at least to like Hugh Jackman as that character. But um, but at the same time, like it's so clearly in a different timeline. I mean, and maybe, and, and maybe it's not a different timeline, but it's it's so far in the future that it's completely removed from the rest of the X-Men movies. Um and so it, like, really felt hard to connect to that world as, like, the official canon ending for Wolverine. Like, it almost felt like, we're just going to show you a glimpse of an alternate reality. Um, like, it didn't really feel like the same Logan that was in the um, Days of Future Past and, and all that. So um, Well,
2: few people already pointed out that this the events of Logan actually happened in 2029. Right. So if we want to play it like that, we still have about six years before that happens.
1: True. Well, I mean the, the film's yeah. not coming out until 2024 and there was, yeah. So, I mean, it could, it could certainly play fast and loose with all that. I mean, th- so the other yeah. thing too, is like the opening of Deadpool, Deadpool 2 references Logan. Cause he says like first Hugh Jackman, has to go and die. Now I got to do it. And it's like, um like Deadpool kind of lives outside the lines of like any of the timelines of the X-Men stuff or Outside the lines of certain, certain, like I think, like he plays with an X Men Origins Wolverine um, figurine of himself. So it's like he kind of acknowledges mm-hmm. that that is a movie. They definitely acknowledge that Green Lantern is a movie. So hundred percent. It, it feels like um, I, I don't. Know, it feels like <laughs> there's. I'm not. I'm not worried about the timeline, right? Like, but but I am worried about it. It, it now that Fox is Deadpool it feels like they want to try to find a way to at least make this MCU adjacent, even if it's not necessarily MCU. Um, But you know, they could kind of have it just be like, it's kind of on its own parallel timeline. Kind of like, I guess how, um, how Venom is at this point where it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of related, but it's not Um, like, I feel like maybe they they at least want to do that. So yeah. How do you, how do you recast Wolverine when you have that? So um, I don't know, unless, unless the third movie is going to end with something. I mean, they've already introduced cable. So like, they have the capacity yeah. to to do stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, and I imagine that Wolverine will be in this movie about as much as Cable. At least I hope so. Um, I um, I'm curious, like which villain they're gonna pick, and I'm curious again how it all times in, ties into the MCU. And I'm curious, um, just the I, I'm really interested to see it, but I'm not I'm not at all worried about. Like ruining Logan's, and I mean, it. Like I said, it felt yeah. like a perfect um, Logan felt like a perfect send off for that character. But again, it feels like a totally different character. So yeah, mm-hmm. you can. Still I wouldn't
2: be Logan. surprised. I wouldn't be surprised whether you know timeline. There was there would be no issue with timeline whatsoever. They would just be its own separate thing. They would go on some sort of own separate adventure. Outside of MCU, outside of everything, just the two of them and just having some fun with some low key or low tier like villains. And it would okay. just be almost a body kind of comedy, almost like body cup comedy in like from the late 90s, except obviously with Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. That'd be fun. I'd watch that. Again, because I, I, I don't think, I honestly don't believe they would be worried about timelines too much especially with mc you know with mcu and trying to tie in all yes i understand they trying to now introduce x-men and you know all these members because now because of uh she hulk and all these shows we are getting hints and more and more hints and confirmations oh this is happening Mm -hmm. but i don't think this would be some sort of jump off platform they might introduce some like you know potential maybe recast maybe villains but I overall, I don't think it's gonna be it's gonna be something like oh we're gonna mess up with the timeline because we are in a this multiverse phase.
1: You know what I mean? Sure, that's fair. I just I I ultimately like I feel like Robert brought the sentiment. to I think the biggest concern is just it really felt like Hugh Jackman was leaving everything behind. Although as Logan was coming out, he said I'm done with the character unless I can be in the next Deadpool movie. So it's like yeah, that's true.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he creaked that door open. He did that himself.
1: So. Right. He's he's left that possibility open. So like. And, and and you gotta think that I mean, first of all, with Ryan Reynolds in it and Sean Levy will be writing and directing, of course it'll be Ryan Reynolds will get a co-writing credit. Um, but that's kind of the main duo. Like you gotta think that there was enough of a like you gotta imagine that there was this a pitch that Hugh Jackman did or that, that they gave to Hugh Jackman to get him to come back, not just, hey, you wanna come back? sure like 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 they pointed out or like ryan reynolds you know portrayed in the in the video announcing it but um but the uh you, you gotta think that there was some sort of like either paying homage to logan or i could see them acknowledging logan as a movie like mm-hmm. that i could easily see that um just again because it feels so disconnected from everything else mm-hmm. um i feel like uh, i i feel like especially being what logan was what 2016 17 17 like we're talking five years after the release of logan and this movie is not coming out for another two like you gotta think that if hugh jackman was gonna do it he probably wanted to do it sooner than this so it probably really they probably were really convinced him to do it you know
2: that would be my question why now that would be my only question, not even the timelines, more about what made him what made Hugh Jackman change his mind. Because we knew there will be a third that will come in. We've known for a while. So that would be my kind of question. Well has anything changed? Has there been like some sort of great script where it was passed to Hugh and he said, Oh, this is actually fun. You know what? I'll I'll do you one more movie as you know, Wolverine just for good time's sakes, for my pal Ryan.
1: Well yeah. I think I, well, I think Deadpool two 3 was announced pretty quickly, but that was all during the Fox and Disney acquisition, so I think it was announced, but we knew it would be a while before we got it. Joe, mm-hmm. so you can say yeah.
2: something?
0: Yeah, I think it... I mean, it, there's got to be something within the pitch, and like, these guys have a great relationship, and people have been wanting to see this, too, so so people have been kind of chewing at the bit for this, so there must have been some type of treatment or some type of script that he showed him yeah. that uh, that made him want to, like, sign back on, because, mm-hmm. like, uh, I mean, he was gone on record. He... While well, he likes the shape that he's in, he does not like building that physique. Yeah. Like, it's very strenuous. Especially, uh, he's, especially what, he's like
1: 55 now.
0: Yeah, he's getting up there, and like, you know, that, you know, muscle starts to deteriorate around that time. And it's, it's way harder to get those type of gains in that amount of time. So, mm-hmm. um, so, I'm sure he's not looking forward to it. So, there must have been some incentive that really kind of pushed it more. He's uh,
1: 53, by
0: the way. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, he looks great from 53. I'm like
1: Yeah, he, he looks is. excellent. <laughs> Yeah, but there had to be, you're right, there had to be some sort of reason for him to come back. And then I know there was also like, because Sean Levy is writing and directing this, and they didn't even announce that until last summer, um, maybe a little bit later, because um, it was after Free Guy came out. Maybe yeah. it was right before yeah. Free Guy came out. So like, I, I I don't know, I feel like there was like, they were trying to figure out who they wanted to write it and who they wanted to direct it. Um, so, I mean, there was also like those reasons, like, I feel like, I feel like everybody wanted this movie to have already been out by now. And then of course, COVID delayed a lot of things too. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but, and, and then, like I said, the Disney and Fox acquisition also held this movie up. So it's like, it, it, it is interesting, but like I said, you know, with, with five years removed, there has to be a reason. And if, and honestly, here's the thing, if you, if, if, if we respect Hugh Jackman enough for this character and we loved Logan was as the send off, then we should, respect Hugh Jackman's choice to come back even after that comeback. Like that like that's the thing, right? Like we can feel a certain way about it, but like we should still if we really admire this actor for this role, then we should admire how this actor wants to take the role going forward, right? Mhm. Yep. Like like that's kind of the feeling. Like I am certainly not advocating for Robert Downey Jr. to return as Iron Man in anything other than, you know, like you could do a flashback um or you could do um like an alternate universe like kind of like they did with what if i mean robert downey jr Mm -hmm. didn't actually come back for that but like you could do something like that uh Mm -hmm. but also if robert downey jr says i want to come back as iron man so iron man 4 is coming out in 2026 i'll be like fine sure okay like i'm not excited for it but if 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 we respect this person so much for this role then we we should respect what they want to do with the role so like is that fair yeah,
2: I would, 100% I agree and again I think especially Hugh Jackman has earned enough reputation and enough goodwill with what he's done with Wolverine even in some lesser movies he was not never the problem so yeah. as long as you know as long as he has some input and he obviously again there was something made him come back not just I don't think it was just oh it's my pal Ryan and we are best pals so might as well just do this one favor to you know for him uh, I think there must be something more so I will, I'm um, willing to give him the benefit of a doubt. Yeah, for sure. Uh, any other thoughts or are we ready to move on? No, I'm fine.
1: No, we good. Cool. Set our piece there we go um that's cool i'm like i'm surprised like and i'm happy that we're all like really excited about it and we're all like sure like it messes with logan but like you i think you're right there's a lot of people that are split on it so i'm happy Mm -hmm. uh so i have one question non-pop culture related uh before we move on um you won a week vacation you get to pick do you want to go stay at an all-inclusive resort or would you rather go camping in woods
0: you want to go first joe Oh yeah, sure thing. Uh, all, all inclusive. Um, uh, I'm not a big camping person or like outdoors person. Um, so all inclusive stuff that sounds fantastic. Um, yeah, it doesn't even really depend on the on the uh, on the location. Preferably hot weather, preferably warm weather. Sure. But uh, but yeah, all inclusive all the way. <laughs> Get that camping away from me. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I hate camping.
1: I hate bugs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I like being places where you can control the uh the weather you know like air conditioning and whatnot so I mean mm-hmm. maybe if it was like a lodge like that'd be a different like ooh do I want to go stay in a lodge in the mountains or do I want to you know go stay at this all-inclusive resort on the beach or whatever i mean I'm still picking the the all-inclusive resort easily but um uh, even if it's not all-inclusive i mean that's just icing on the cake you know uh, I'm mm-hmm. still picking the beach over them over the woods any day but like oh. maybe it's different if it's like oh there's some really nice cabin with some great scenery and you know fast Wi-Fi and good cell signal and all that you know, maybe maybe that makes my yeah. choice a little harder but ultimately mm-hmm. like it's it's still gonna come down to
2: all-inclusive resort on the beach. Uh, what about you, Luke? This is gonna be so boring, but we are three four zero yes Ooh. all inclusive all the way. Like um, maybe as you as you said, if it was glamping, like some sort of like a nice lodge, and yeah. let's say New Zealand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There could be an argument made, some sort of nice lodge, you know, like in New Zealand nature or like, you know, some place like that. Sure. But no, like I don't, as, as Joe said, no, camping is not my thing. It never was. So yeah, all inclusive all the way. I just like, I liked this question because I feel like there's a lot
1: of people that are like, like outdoorsy people are getting a lot more, like, it seems like there's a lot more of them Mm-hmm. um or at least it just feels like there's more because instagram now exists and so everybody has to post pictures of all the places they went or whatever uh but it's like you know i, I see i see a lot of people that are like i just want to go walk around yosemite for two weeks and i'm like that sounds like hell like have fun yeah. doing that <laughs> but but okay cool like good for you uh i would i would get lost and never found um uh, i would complain the entire time <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it would be beautiful, but like Mm -hmm. maybe a day trip, you know. Uh, uh, But yeah,
2: exactly for a day, yeah. But for two weeks, no, no, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, it's just some people are like very outdoorsy, and some people are not, and we are not. Great, good to know. Well, let's move on to the coming attractions. Um, We're going to start off with White Bird. Um, This comes out. uh, It's a a wonder story, apparently. Um, I just found that out uh, right before we started recording. So that was fun. Uh, Mark Forster coming back or, or directing this um, based on the book by the best bestselling author of wonder. This uplifting movie shows how one act of kindness can live on forever. Starring Jillian uh, Anderson, uh, Helen Mirren, Olivia Ross. Um, I guess that's pretty much a, a, a couple faces you might know, but not necessarily names. Um, yeah. I, it, I I never saw wonder. Did Did either of you, nope no i have not okay i feel like it was one of those like a lot, lot like it got pretty good reviews but i don't know that anybody was like over the moon like yeah you should really go see that i feel a lot of people were just like oh like it's fine um but uh what do you think about this movie are you excited to see it uh if if nothing is holding you back except for your free will would you go check this out in theaters would you wait to rent it at home wait till it's on a streaming service
2: or, or are you just uh not interested in seeing this movie luke let's start with you I would say streaming service for this one because, yeah, I have not watched Wonder and, yeah, because of the reviews and reception were pretty much kind of middling. And so I have zero to no interest in this as well. Uh, the cast is good. Mark Forst is always good, but he's yeah, he's not always good. He did do Quantum of Solace. Like I still haven't watched that one. I okay. still I uh, from what <laughs> I've seen the movies I've seen he he's he's done a good job. So
1: he did like... Stranger than Fiction. That's a good movie. And uh, World War Z is It's a good good zombie movie. I would yeah. say it's yeah. not great, but it's good. And <laughs> uh, right. I like Christopher Robin quite a bit.
2: I thought that was a really charming. Movie. And he did something else. Did like I'm, a, blank, I'm blanking on just uh, now. Monsters Ball. Yes, that's the one. But yeah, yet, I haven't seen it. That's back in 2001. So yeah, it, well, and it's he did the Kite weird.
1: Runner. That's you know a book adaptation. Yeah. Um, he did a he did a movie called Machine Gun Preacher in 2011, which is not what it sounds oh. like. Mm. Um, it's fine. The um, movie's okay.
2: Yeah. Just, I didn't see that one though.
1: It's um. Yeah, it's about some guy that goes to like build a church in Africa and then. Yeah, Gerard Butler. Yeah, know. Gerard Butler. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind it's not, it's not like how it sounds. It sounds like Veloci Pastor or something like that, you know, or the you know, those like B B movies that are just like, let's take a, a priest and give him a machine gun, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's not that, but like, it's, it's still not a great movie. So, um, it's fine though. Anyway. So, uh, streaming for you, Luke, what about you, Joe?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, um, I'll go a little bit higher, but not too much higher. Um, I'll put it at a rental. Um, okay. I've never seen wonder, but, uh, I know, maybe I'll end up giving it a shot. I don't really mind like kind of slice of life dramas. So, yeah. Um, it looks heartfelt. It looks like their hearts in the, you know, in the right place. They're trying to make, um, uh, something that's kind of like warm to the heart. Um, and I'm a huge fan of, uh, Helen Marin's work. I think she's always been fantastic. Everything mm-hmm. I've seen her in. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say a rental, I'm not like over the moon about it, but.
1: Uh, I'll go ahead and side with Luke on streaming. Uh, it, again, partly just cause I have no experience with the original, but like, I feel like this has to be. I don't know because again I'm bad and I didn't watch the trailer but like I get the feeling that this is just trying to be an anthology and just kind of writing off of the um the wonder title like I like this isn't gonna have any connections to the original movie at least primarily like as plot points or whatever so it just feels like they're trying to be like hey like it's by the same author and how about um how about some sort of uh next next chapter of the wonder story are they, so are they supposed to be the same? Ki- I, I don't know. Whatever. Uh,
0: the it looks like from watching a trailer, uh, it's loosely tied. The bully of the kid, he ends up getting expelled and goes back home. I guess. Got it. Uh, to, okay. To England. All right. Then, so
1: it is. It's kind of a spinoff then. Not. An
0: it's analogy. kind of a spin off. He's kind of like okay. learning a lesson through his grandmother about like uh, you know being kind to people that, okay. have, that have differences of different you know other types. So.
1: Yeah, well, because the the IMDb trailer started auto-playing on mute, and I was just like, hold on, (laughs) like, so I, all right, so I I guess I'll walk back on that, it doesn't necessarily look like they're just capitalizing on the title, but either way, the, if I, does anybody remember Wonder? Like, when you think of, like, if I were to ask you, like, hey, 2017 movies you thought were great, like, would anybody say Wonder? Um, Like, it feels like maybe, well, I haven't watched it, so I wouldn't. Right, but, well, but, like, has anybody talked about that movie in five years?
0: I mean, I'm sure there's some Don't people that so. have.
1: Well, some, right, there's always some people. Mm-hmm.
0: It depends on what genre is like, like, right? The people that do like their kind of like uh pulling heartstrings type dramas, They're that's probably on their list, you know what I mean? Like that's like their that's their thing, that's their core thing, yeah. yeah. But general audiences, I would say probably not. Yeah.
1: Um all right, so all right. IMDb doesn't have a release date for this. Um, but Wikipedia did. So I'm wondering if it got like changed. So I'm going to look that up real quick um okay so actually it looked like it got pushed back to 2023 so in, between in, in the last week you know it was supposed to release and it got pushed back so i guess all this doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> um anyway unless you want to hear about it i was gonna, gonna see that comments. those here. It was, it's like when i put the notes together like a week ago to give to you guys like this was on the list like this was supposed to come out this week so that's not a good sign mm-hmm. um probably not all right anyway I was just like, I'm trying to find a release date and I can't find one. So, all right. Anyway, um, I guess we'll move on then. Uh, then the real movie <laughs> coming out this week is Halloween Ends. Uh, this one is for sure coming out this week, October 14th. Uh, this will be in theaters um, exclusively, I think. I don't. It, the last one did Peacock. I don't know if Peacock is still doing that like day and day or if this might be like uh, wait two weeks and then it'll be on Peacock thing. Um, the poster is not showing, you know, uh, in theaters or on Peacock. Uh, but Halloween Ends um, uh, is, is coming out this week. And it looks like it's Halloween Ends. Yeah, oct- so same day as theatrical release. Got it. Um, so on the okay. 14th, you can check this out on Peacock or in the theaters. Um, Peacock Premium. This is the conclusion to the new modern Halloween trilogy, the sequel to the exclusively original film um, 30 years after, after the fact. So the Halloween 2018 and then Halloween Kills. Now we get ends, Um, so Jamie Lee Curtis, um, Kyle Richards, Andy Matichak, um, Nick Castleback is the shape, Will Patton, uh, returning people from the first two movies. I don't recognize anybody new or whatever. But um, but yeah, Halloween ends, the big conclusion to Laurie's saga. Um, The saga of Michael Myers and Laurie, Laurie Strode comes to a spine chilling climax in this final installment. Of the franchise, um, Halloween ends. When do you think you guys would check this out? Would you same same scale? Um, theaters, rent, uh, stream, or skip? Um, Joe, let's start with you this time.
0: Yeah, uh, for me, I'd say theaters. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the '78 um, original with John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 on different levels, I enjoy all the films. Um, you know, even five and six that are pretty pretty rough, or is it four and five? Uh, um, either way, I think five and six are there. Yeah, Five or six are, are pretty rough, but uh, they're, they're still enjoyable, like the Thorn trilogy is. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, uh, I think the only apprehension I have, which I'm kind of like trying to put it in my mind, I did not like Halloween Kills at all. Um, I actually just watched it uh, yesterday, or maybe it was on Friday. And if I, if I don't have to hear uh, Evil Dice Night for you know a, a month or so, <laughs> I would be really happy about that because that would they drove that into the ground fast. Um, I think if you played a drinking game, you would just be dead by the time, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the time you're done um but i love 2018 i thought 2018 was one of the better horror sequels i've seen in a long time uh so yeah yeah
2: and uh luke what about you i would say the same i would i'll try to catch this in a cinema because in the uk there's no such thing as peacock so it's not streaming anywhere here anytime soon and but no the same i enjoyed enough the 2018 halloween And the Halloween Kills, I was slightly higher on it than others, but just because I view it as a bridge between two movies. So I think, you know, based on how this delivers and whether the Halloween actually ends or whether it will not, I think, that irretrospectively, it might make or break the Halloween Kills. You know what I mean? You You know, if I'm making any sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, you are. And I think there's a valid question to ask. I think this was always a proposed trilogy. And so I mm-hmm. think it does. Yeah. Well, at least it's what yeah, they claim. So that's what they claim. I wonder, I wonder if one of two things happen. I wonder if, um, if they decide to finally go the anthology route that they wanted to um, back when the original came out. Um, so I wonder if they finally decide they want to go the anthology route. So they're just going to say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to start doing, you know, every three years you'll get a Halloween anthology movie um, from the same producers uh, and maybe some similar cast. I don't know. maybe, um, that will be kind of in this universe. Um, or, or I wonder if, I don't think they'll make a sequel to this movie. Um, like, I don't think they want a Halloween movie without Laurie Strode, but I wonder, I wonder if there'll be a reboot down the line. I mean, we've only, there will be, we've gotten two reboots, three reboots from the original, um, timeline and, but only one of them was actually a remake. So I feel like, if they were to do it again, they'd have to actually like go back and start from scratch again, Mm -hmm. Um, which I don't think is the right move. Um, Even, even 10 years down the line or whatever. Um, So I'm all for them doing anthologies. Um, As far as this movie, I'm also going to land in theaters. Uh, We are just all thinking the same today. Um, I've been (laughs) binging this franchise since I was sick last week. And um, I mentioned the spinoff last week. I was, I I went through and I kind of, watched uh watched the only one i haven't seen at this point is rob zombies halloween 2 um and i think the i think i think there's genuinely only two actually like bad films um there's a lot of mediocrity in this franchise but like it's a pretty solid reputation like I think the I think the reputation is a little bit worse than it actually is because a lot of people are like, oh, there's only good ones. No, like, there's some decent ones in the franchise. There's some there's some ones that are for sure a good time. Um, we're doing a sift sort on the website, and I am in charge of that. And so I'm I'm just thinking now about how the ranking is gonna play out, and it it's gonna be the original, and then mm-hmm. if I had to take a guess, it will be the original, then 2018, and then everything else will be really close. Um with uh with probably a very clear bottom two but um yeah but everything else would kind of be like inter- could be interchangeable we'll see um but I, I i think i i liked halloween kills definitely more than you joe i mean you're right they drive that evil dies tonight thing into the ground but like <laughs> i haven't seen it since mm-hmm. opening weekend of theaters i guess it was only a year ago um but i um i had a good time and part of it was i had only ever seen the original and then 2018 so I um, I didn't have like as much connection to the character, or the franchise or anything. And I was like, OK, this is just a dumb, fun slasher movie. And I had a fun time. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm excited for this. Um, I'm excited to see. Let's see. All right, So with with Halloween four, the return of Michael Myers, they couldn't get Jamie Lee Curtis back. So they kind of just wrote her mm-hmm. death off screen and with when she dies in the beginning of Halloween Resurrection i guess spoiler alert for a 20 year old really bad movie um, yeah. like she wanted H2O to be the end she wanted it to be just a spin-off just a one-off and or not a spin-off just a one-off sequel so like they were kind of hands were kind of tied with the way H2O ended that they kind of had to include it. So it's like, they're finally planning for the end of this franchise. Like they've never planned for the end of this franchise. They were always just like, we're going to make Michael Myers movies until, you know, we gross a hundred thousand dollars at the box office. Like, so it, I'm, it's, I'm so interested to see how they're going to do this. Cause it's the first time they've ever, I guess Halloween two also planned to end. Okay. That's fair. Um, i uh, ignore all of what I just said. <laughs> Cause I was going to say, I'm really <laughs> excited because this is the first time they've ever
2: planned to end Michael Myers, but, halloween 2 was that all right whatever but and i believe I there was an anthology plan as you say because the season of the witch obviously right. you know there's no yeah. michael myers so i believe there was a p- original plan but because of nobody was prepared for that it failed and it was bad the, the plan was to yeah, do the anthology
1: so... but then the studio wouldn't mm-hmm. let them do the anthology unless they made a sequel with michael myers so they made Halloween 2, and they and they killed Michael Myers, and they said, that's it, we're done, we're making anthologies now, don't be sad when Michael Myers doesn't show up, and then everybody got mad mm-hmm. when Michael Myers didn't show up, and the studio said, yeah, we're not doing that anymore, bring Mike back and you can have a movie, and so they retconned the end of Halloween 2. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see anthologies continue. Um, I mean, it, it kind of feels pointless, because like, you could just have your movie, but I get like I feel like maybe mm-hmm. studios would be more willing to greenlight things like if it has the Halloween tag because they know that that will give them at least a couple extra 100,000 dollars in the theaters um just because it says Halloween
0: I mean it doesn't hurt right like they they kind of did that with Cloverfield It kind of gives like yeah. those films an extra boost I mean the, yep. the the third one wasn't fantastic at all I mean I don't know why I'm even mm-hmm. saying fantastic cuz like that word should be far removed from that movie but um sure. but yeah I would be I would be Uh, all four of them doing an anthology series after this well
1: and if you keep the same producers or like even if it's just if david gordon green wants to keep doing it sure um so like you know maybe it's just david gordon green does anthology series um i don't i I don't care either way um i don't i don't know what the point of it being anthology would necessarily be unless it was going to be like you have the same Producers, or you have the same idea, or you essentially just make everything connected. You know, you would have to reference the events of some of the films um, and just have them take place.
2: I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask. How would it work though? Well, because yet again, we we did have the season of the witch before. Have you seen? And if you've seen Halloween season of the witch ends, yes, yeah, I've seen them all. I've seen them all except the Halloween ends. That's about
1: so. Well, season of the witch has has Halloween playing as a film in the background. So mm-hmm. Season of the Witch acknowledges but, that Halloween and Halloween and probably and then subsequently Halloween 2 are films. Um, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like there's a way to do it. Like, just to say... Alright, so so the Halloween movies take place almost exclusively in Haddonfield, Illinois. So, mm-hmm. how about one... How about, you know, you have one take place in, I don't know, Ohio or um, whatever. And then you can always just reference, like, yeah, you know the, the, that there's this big psycho murderer, murderer running around on Halloween night killing people in Illinois. Like just to have it have it mm-hmm. like be connected have um you know you can have a little bit of news position where you have a news anchor talking one year ago was the day that michael myers killed 100 people in Haddonfield, illinois or whatever because michael myers is apparently indestructible um so mm-hmm. you know you, you, i think you can do it that way you just you don't limit them to Haddonfield or you uh, and then you just reference events that happen um although mm-hmm. <sighs> that that, I mean, that gets kind of complicated because then if you want to make any sort of like big grand um, ending like season of the witch has, then you're not able to reference that to other things unless you acknowledge that as a movie. Anyway, I don't get paid to make these <laughs> uh, <laughs> to make these choices. There's a reason why I'm not on the decision making board. So.
0: I uh, I think it could just be as simple as, like, these are events that take place in the same world, but they all happen on Halloween. So it could be any number of years later or before. Uh-huh. It could just be anywhere, but, like, it's just tied to Halloween. Like, th- think of yeah. like, Trick or Treat, but, like, it doesn't happen all in the same night. You know what I mean? Like, Trick or Treat does. Even though Trick or Treat isn't uh-huh. really an anthology, they're telling different stories that kind of, like, coincide with one another. And, I mean, Creepshow does a great job of doing that, both the show and the and the, the two prior movies, were like, it's, it's an anthology series. Like, none of them are really tied together, but it's just, like you know creepy creatives getting together and like making these like one off kind of sure. stories. So. Well,
1: but like even with anthologies, like I think the, one of the biggest examples, especially in horror would be American horror story. But like the connection there is it's Ryan right. Murphy making the show. So that's why I feel like you'd either have to be like, it's also or, a show. Yeah. It's right. also a show. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like you'd have to have a connection. Um, I, I think it might be fun to do. Um, like uh, there's a, there's that episode of community where where they have like they explore a bunch of different timelines like i think it might be cool to explore almost in the same way that cabin in the woods kind of does where you know Mm -hmm. you just you tell this this one story with the same group of people except depending on a choice that is made early on it just radically changes everything like that that might be kind of fun to explore if you can do it well like kind of how like cabin Mm -hmm. in the woods they're all picking like oh is it going to be um, is it going to be the merman or is it going to be the, yeah. you know, the, the butcher, or is it going to be like, like based off of whatever object they interact with is, is what's gonna, uh, be the thing that terrorizes them. Like that could be a fun, um, you know, a fun thing. Um,
2: I, as long as they actually tied with a Halloween without, you know, just slapping the name Halloween on it and just call it a day. Yeah. That'd, that'd be great. But that would be my main issue with it, because Mike Myers is so associated with Halloween and its brand. Right. That so if you point. if you do anthology, yeah, at, at this point exactly. But if you do an anthology after Halloween ends, and hopefully it will end with him dying, even though. You never know. Right. Uh, it's what's going to be the next, you know, are you going to establish new Big Bad? Or are we going to just, as you as you guys said before, you know, all these just uh, take place on a Halloween different cities and maybe somebody's copying him, maybe that's some sort of metaverse I where could go for a suddenly copycat. there's more micro-mythes. Okay. Yeah, that, that's the thing. At, at least, like, you know, that's, what, and that's what I'm saying. I, I honestly believe the biggest problem with the Season of the Witch, I don't think it was established well enough. As you said, it was just, you know, yeah, the Halloween plate on, a, on the back on the TV. And that was it. That was the only time. And it's, it's just lazy. Sure. You know, I would. So if we were making anthologies, fair enough. But like, give it something more and give it something actually meaningful to, as you, as you guys suggested, like, you know, I really like the idea. This is a different town, not just a different Halloween altogether. And somebody, you know, watched the Halloween too many times, mm. you know, and just got inspired. Or, or watched a documentary of, uh, on
1: Michael Myers terrorizing Haddonfield yeah. for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So. Yes. It's like kind of like, I don't know. Have you guys seen the, it's a total random, but have you seen the Human Centipede uh, trilogy? I've seen the first two.
0: No, I've never seen
2: it. See, as the second one, but well, that's good because the second, one, yeah, did the second that. one did that. The second one is about him watching his first one and kind of went off the rails I, after I, so you know Yeah, I could yeah,
1: I, I, I like that idea. Yeah, a copycat of somebody in Ohio, you know, watched watched the documentary and mm-hmm. wanted to do that as well. I mean, yeah. Um that could be or or, or if you want to go ahead and this this would bring some of the original timeline back. Uh, if you want to, like, canonize the Curse of the Thorn and then say when Michael Myers dies at the end of Halloween ends, it possesses somebody else. Like, that mm-hmm. might be a fun cool. way to do it. Like okay. you, you just follow the Curse of the Thorn. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then that would also be, like, that would be different people and different people would have, their different killers would have different styles. So, like, you can have, yeah, I, maybe that's an easy way to do it. You'd have to canonize the Curse of the Thorn again, but um mm-hmm. I, that's that's a pretty easy way to do it um you you're kind of limited to the slasher genre but um you know you can't you can't do a season well, with of your Witch idea
2: mm-hmm. or with your idea making kind of like cabin in the woods why not just go into the theme or, or a tone of that movie as well so make it kind of half a comedy and half that'd water. be fun so, for example, there'll be a copycat, but, you know, he cannot afford a Michael Myers mask. <laughs> you know, there there might be a joke. There might be a joke. Oh, this is too copyrighted. I need to, you know, I need to uh, have some sort of not great mask because I cannot afford the real thing. Oh, and uh, I cannot have a knife. Oh, you know what? I'll just have a baseball bat or something like that, you know. So it will be Halloween, but will not. But it will be really self-aware of, oh, I cannot really do this. So therefore, therefore I'm going to do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Know? That could be fun. Um, that's the thing if you're making an- anthologies at least have some fun with it and you know not just slap a name halloween on yeah. it and be like oh this is just a different town um, well, and, this and, is and if they were yeah. gonna do
1: anthologies the way they should have done it is have your halloween 2018 except don't set up any sequels mm-hmm. just let my just let michael burn in the house at the end of the movie um just let him yeah. die and then your yeah. halloween mm-hmm. kills is completely unrelated to everything and then halloween ends completely unrelated probably don't call it halloween ends though um, like, like if they were going to do an anthology, they could have done it if they would have just made Hallate- Halloween mm-hmm. 2018 just a singular film. um, And then it kind of brought that back and said, so we're going to, we're just letting you know, we're doing these in the modern era. Here's how we're going to make these style of films. They're going to be in this you know, tone, this setting. The only thing canon is the original mm-hmm. Halloween and then this film. And we're going to do anthologies. Like, that could have been fun. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they already kind of... Or we could take a page... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I think they already kind of like, like you said, they kind of shot themselves in the foot by making this an all-out trilogy with Michael Myers. They made the same mistake twice. Yeah. Essentially, but.
1: Well, I think Rob Zombie wanted to do wanted to get back to a Halloween uh, anthology. Like, I think from what I heard, um, he he never really had interest in making Halloween too. Um, he just kind of wanted to remake Halloween and then kind of try to reboot it um, as an anthology series, but then. It wound up being popular enough, and, st- and the studio asked him to make Halloween 2, and so he did. Like, I think I was reading that in the trivia. Like, he wasn't, he was never in t- intending on, I mean, he could have wanted to, but he was not intending to make Halloween 2. He was not intending to make a franchise.
2: And Halloween 2 showcases that. <laughs> his Halloween 2 really showcases yeah. that he was not interested in that movie whatsoever. Yeah, I think I'm going to watch that one tonight. Yeah. Um, Good luck. Because I want to, know,
1: I know. Um, so. Anyway, uh, so there's there's some ideas um, There's plenty of ways to do it um, It seems kind of silly to, to do it unless there's a good tangible Way to connect it like I suggested I think the curse of the thorn would be a really Easy way to connect everything and like Luke suggested make it fun uh, Make it a little bit more Fun and that would be a positive and Yeah alright Maybe all right. Maybe I am worth uh, Worth being paid to make movies Um mm-hmm. <laughs> you know 100 percent, or at least to tell people how to make movies um man if only Hollywood would just hire me uh all right so we'll dive into our main topic uh for the week we'll talk about Constantine but before we do that I want to give you guys a chance uh we've been talking for a little bit if anybody wants to uh check out more of what you've got going on so
2: any social medias or anything you want to promote stuff like that Luke why don't you kick us off so I write reviews for my blog, which is lostinmovies.co.uk. And I'm on Twitter and Letterboxd under In Movies Lost or Lost in Movies. So yeah, feel free to connect with me there and find me there. And of course, pop. Uh And then, uh, Joe, what about you?
0: Yeah, as far as social media is concerned, I'm mainly active on Instagram at the, uh, the Star Spangled Adventure with the underscore on each one of those words um where I, you know I, I talk to people about movies comic books uh, just just about anything collecting action figures like a lot lots of interest um so yeah you can catch me there nice uh
1: well patreon.com slash if you want to check out the patreon for this show uh we really appreciate that and um yeah uh we'll move on to the SIP topic now so uh constantine we kind of we kind of have some trouble narrowing a topic down but i feel like we got the right you know again with the recent announcement of the sequel and then uh Also with uh, uh, just, again, kind of this, this feels like an October movie, um, just given the nature of the character Constantine. So we have uh, uh, this film coming out. And again, there was a, I think it was rumored about a year or two ago that they would, that they would, that Keanu would want to come back for a sequel. Uh, But I think it only very recently actually got confirmed that they're going to move forward with it. Um, like a couple weeks ago. so um, Supernatural exorcist and demonologist John Constantine helps a woman prove her sister's death was not a suicide but something more. This is based off of the Hellblazer uh, comic books uh, directed by Francis Lawrence uh, starring Keanu Reeves, Rachel Weisz, Jaimon Honsu, Shia LaBeouf uh, and plenty of other um, names. Uh, oh, I wanted to mention Tilda Swinton as Gabriel and Peter Stormare as uh, Lucifer as well. Uh, but plenty of other faces and uh, you might recognize. Uh, Kevin Broadbin did the story and screenplay for the film. Uh, I want to know before we review the film, um, what is your history with the film? Um, it, it, was this your first time? Had you seen it before? Kind of what's uh, what's your history with the film? Uh, Joe, why don't you kick us off?
0: Yeah, for uh, for Constantine, um, I'd always known of the character in the comic books. And I knew he was quite different. The interpretation was going to be quite different. But I saw it in theaters initially when it came out in two thousand five. Uh, I watched this movie a lot, pretty frequently. I guess it's kind of tipping the hat a little bit, but like, sure. uh, I actually do really like the movie. It's not perfect by any means, but it's very entertaining. It's an easy watch. It keeps the, the kind of the pace going throughout the film. So uh, yeah, that's kind of like my history with it. Uh,
1: I saw this movie in high school, uh, maybe like twenty ten or twelve or so. Uh, Because I think at that point, it had gained a reputation. Like, this movie bombed at the box office, but it was one of those, like, kind of became... I don't want to say cult classic, because I feel like it's bigger than that. But I feel like it's just... Maybe the film was ahead of its time in terms of, like, the reaction that people had. Because I feel like it really gained steam and everybody was like, that movie was great, why didn't it get a sequel? I think it did really well in, like, DVD sales, but not, not in the box office. So, um so I watched it in high school, and then I think I've seen it. This is maybe my third, maybe fourth time, uh, because it's not a film. Okay, um, see the way I want to phrase this. Um, it's a film that I've always been really interested and have really wanted to like, but have never really liked it. Um, so... Um, that's been my history. I loved um, Constantine had a one season show like a 12 episode show that ended on a huge cliffhanger. I really liked the show I think Matt Ryan is perfect for the character and I'm sad that uh, you know we're not getting more of that um, he was in Legends, he, they continued the character in Legends of Tomorrow and he voices Constantine in the animated stuff but um, yeah, I was a big fan of the show uh, Luke, what's your history with the, the character Constantine in this film?
2: I've never read a single coming book in my life, so no history there. I watched the movie around 2007 for the first time, I believe. So, yeah, it's been a while. And I just rewatched it this afternoon in order for to prep for this. Nice. So, quite a bit. Uh
1: Okay, Joe, you already tipped your hat. Uh, so, on the like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay scale, where are you going to land?
0: Uh, yeah, for, for me, like I said, I really like it. Uh, I'm not completely in love with it, like you said. Uh, I probably would have preferred something kind of more closer to the source material which we True. got later, like I said, with the series, which I still need to, to watch. I heard it's fantastic, but I've not got around to it. Um, I, I think Keanu Reeves is really excellent. In the character and the interpretation that they set up, um, him being in, in LA it kind of fits. Uh, I think it's one of his stronger characters. Uh, it's, it's an actual performance. It's not just Keanu Reeves playing Keanu Reeves. Uh, I like his overall demeanor. Uh, I feel like the spirit of the characters there, but he, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not hundred percent causing, but, uh, yeah, I, I really, I think the thing that's really cool about it is the lore and the kind of world building. I think it's like the most interesting aspect of the film. Yeah, it's kind of what I, what I generally give it.
1: Okay. Um, Luke, uh, what about you? This year, you said second time seeing it. Um, did you, Correct. Watching it this time, did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay?
2: I still liked it, but slightly less than I remembered. Because I remembered mm. uh, really liking it. I... Uh, I gave it 8 out of 10, or 4 stars on Letterboxd, uh, when I first watched it about, again, 2007-2008, and on on re-watching it today, I, you know, put it down slightly to 3.5, it's still a pretty decent movie, but I I thought it had its problems... And it pays me to say, I don't think Keanu was great in the movie. I I love me some Keanu, but mm. I don't actually think he was a great for the character. So because he actually, Joe said he wasn't a Keanu. I I dis, I, I have to disagree. I think it was just Keanu being Keanu. I don't think like I think he was trying. You can you can tell he was trying, but I don't. Th- I I think he mm. this character, as far as I understand, he's supposed to be this kind of cool, almost edgy guy, and you know. And it wasn't there for me, at least, at least on this reason.
1: I will say that I prefer Matt Ryan, but I still do like Keanu in this role. I mm. uh, I totally understand what you're saying, though. If he kind of feels like Keanu, not distinct eno- not distinctive enough. So I, yeah, I'll I'll say that. Um, I guys, I think for the first time ever, I'm gonna say officially, I liked this movie. I uh, mm. each time I watched it before, would probably put it in the just okay camp, but really wanting to like them. Um, uh, but I just. Don't think I could have said it. They would have been just okay, but th- three or four times watching it now, I think I can finally appreciate this movie. Um, it, it's it's just kind of a like unenthusiastic like it though, uh, um, because I think this movie, I think this movie will grow with each viewing for me. And I think my big problems for the mo- my biggest problems with the movie are, I think it's about fifteen minutes too long. It it it's only mm-hmm. two hours, but it feels like four. Um, And I don't know how they managed to do that. It it feels like this movie takes forever to get through. The other thing is there is so much world building and lore that is necessary for this world and this plot. And it feels like they're trying to throw you in the middle of it and hope that you'll pick up the pieces and that's fine. But a lot of the pieces you don't pick up until your third or fourth viewing. So it really feels like kind of a jumbled mess until you understand the movie so that's why I said, I think I'm finally at the point where I'm like, okay, now I can start to piece things together. Now I can really start to appreciate this movie. But I, I felt the same about the first X-Men movie when it came out. Like they just kind of throw you in the middle t- of of that. And I was just like, I don't like this movie because it's just trying to to assume that I know way too much. And as somebody who was not familiar with the comics or the cartoon or anything. So I feel like that's that's the two fatal flaws of this movie is it feels like it takes forever. And there's, there's so much, I mean, because you have the Papa midnight character and you have the arms dealer that Constantine has and you, all his little, all his little tricks and gadgets. And he has that, those tattoos where he does the thing where he puts them together and he says the thing. And, and then he's got all his different like spells and, uh, and you know, speaking Latin, and he's got like stuff written in his doorframe. There's, there's so much. And then, and then he's explaining the rules of like, you know, God and Satan decided to, to have a truce essentially uh, to say that nobody can interfere with her. Like there's so much going on. it It's way too much for the first viewing. And so it really, really made me not like the movie um, the first couple times. It just felt like if, and, and I th- I still think this might be the case. I feel like this is an excellent part two of a series. Like this feels like a great sequel to a Constantine movie that establishes this world. What do you think, Joe?
0: I can see that. uh no, I think that I think that does make a lot of sense because, like you said, they do throw a lot of world building at you. That didn't really bother me too much. Like I said, one of the stronger aspects for me was the world building because, like, you yeah. start to piece things together yourself. I, I don't, I don't need, I don't need you to spell out hundred percent to me. I like to, in my mind, come up with my, either my own headcanon to like why, why things are happening, why they're occurring. So that type of stuff never bothers me in films. Um, but like, one of my favorite aspects was *Pop at Midnight's* club, and like, it's yeah. kind of like a, it's kind of a sanctuary for both. Uh, both versions of Halflings, whether they be angels or uh, or demons, so I thought that was really cool. And Jaimon Hansu is like perfect for that character. Like I can't see anybody else playing that character. Like his voice, like his look, like it look it, like it like he you know, like nails it. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. I think it would make more sense for general audiences if this was a sequel and there was something that preceded it to get them so what, to get them well, on board. So that's what I'm thinking is you
1: have the first film that establishes the rules of heaven and hell and how they relate to our world. And you establish Constantine as a person, and you understand, and then, you, and then you like really dive into the whole like why he's kind of essentially cursed um, by living, like why he's like his soul is is ch- is chained to heaven, like hell. He will go to hell when he dies, um, but um, but like he's trying to fight that, and why can't he get into hell, like or why can't he get into heaven? Like you do that, you set up here is Constantine, this damned character that feels it and then and then kind of the rules you set up Papa Midnight's Club and you just have that. And then and then this sequel is the um it is all this like uh or you could you could even maybe do it with this um eh, anyway. keep the sequel like the actual story that's going on in this movie with the detective and with um um with the whole like the self sacrifice at the end um and and Lucifer coming himself to claim Constantine's soul. Um, and the spear of destiny stuff all felt way out of line with the rest of this movie like none of it felt like fitting um it felt only 100%. like the loosest thread of a conduit to maybe get you to something but it didn't it didn't really feel it felt like they only wrote it in when they needed it to fit in um because there was enough yeah. stuff there where he was just like i saw a soldier demon trying to eat his way out of a little girl the other day like that's enough i don't need the spear of destiny on top of that so like either the first movie could be the spear of destiny maybe and dealing with the stuff that that entails and then so anyway that's just just going to reinforce like this this really feels like an excellent part two um especially with the way this movie ends i mean when he's when he's ascending and flipping off lucifer and then uh,
0: uh it's such a like well shot scene like the way well and then lucifer's response he's like
1: no you can't die yet like yeah um, and he just takes all the, takes all the cancer out of his lungs. It's just the grossest thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the, uh, and then also just him, you, you, you find, you see some character development because he's now a little bit more of an optimist as well as, uh, I mean, you get the feeling that he is, he's like high, he's, he's good spirited again, but like part of the reason we like the hellblazers is because he's, he's kind of rough around the edges and gruff and kind of over the world because he hates, the world because he sees he sees the like spiritual battle that's happening on it so Uh, and then he's chewing gum he's not smoking anymore so like yeah yeah. (laughs) that feels like a perfect ending for a second movie that leads to a a, 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 the third film in a franchise in a trilogy and so that's why also like I I think the movie is getting better on rewatches because I'm picking up on the world building more
2: so I think it's getting better Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that it went down for you, and Luke. That's the thing. Me too. <laughs> I I actually I'm not quite sure why. To be well, no, I I, I know why. The Spear of Destiny, what you touched on on before, it seems out of place altogether mm. because we see you know this is how the movie opens with you know this random dude picking it up, yeah, right, and then and then we you know we go to Rachel Weiss, we go to Ke- Keanu. And we spend a lot of time with them, and suddenly we so and we got wrapped in her storyline and him trying to kind of be there for her, even though he doesn't really want to. But then obviously he needs to. And then what is it like hour later when we get you know get some sort of update on the Spear of Destiny thing? Yeah. We, and by the time I kind of forgot, oh yeah, there's this guy. Oh, oh yeah, that that's probably will be important later. And maybe that's why that this uh, this movie is two hours long. So like to me, if You know, I actually really like the idea of this being a second movie where you would actually establish the Spear of Destiny within the first one. That, you know, what it does, why it's a big deal, what would happen if it was used Mm. and, like, maybe hinted towards the end. Kind of like, you know, some sort of megaphone, And we could not see it in the second one because it just... I don't know. It just feel, felt out of place. You can even, Keanu... even
1: set it up to where the first movie Constantine is trying to contain the Spear of Destiny and you don't really know why. And he's kind of explaining along the way what if you, if you don't have the Rachel Weiss in this character, character in this movie, if you save that arc, the whole self-sacrificing, arc and thing for the second Mm -hmm. movie which i don't know maybe that works but maybe that works good because she's a good conduit for us for us to understand um but if you save that arc for the second movie if you save that character for the second movie this kind of has to take place like from the eyes Mm -hmm. of probably the shia labeouf character from chaz
2: um i was gonna say we do have shah's character so you know he could be the sidekick and then he could you know take a step back in a sequel he'd still be around as he what he did basically he also kind of disappears from this movie or, it seems like he will be important in the beginning and then he disappears or, from you, kill, or you kill and him I was like, at where-
1: the end of the first movie which is why constantine is this really dark depressed character at the beginning i mean a- aside from his soul being damned you know but like, if you kill Shia, mm-hmm. if you kill Shia, mm-hmm. Shia LaBeouf in the first movie, you know, because he he dies in this movie. So like, if, if you still have yeah. him die at the end of the first movie, that could
2: explain kind of the way that Constantine is. He's he's a dick to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're suggesting the post credit scene from the this movie would be the, the end credit scene for a previous there's a movie. A post credit scene to this movie because he yeah, Shia LaBeouf becomes an angel. Oh, I didn't watch it. <laughs> To be fair, the only reason I know of it is uh, I rewatched the Cinemasins video right after, and they actually mention that because he, uh, Constantine, puts the lighter on his grave, on Shara's grave, and Shia rises up, and now he's an angel. I think okay. I've seen this
0: movie like ten to fifteen times, and I've never knew they had angel <laughs> sequence because that was <laughs> never a thing back then. Like, right, you really, right. stayed at the credits. Like, I just turn it off.
1: but so, like, all right, so maybe. He, we'll so, welcome. how about that? So, how about? The end of the first movie. I I, I, I see this as mm-hmm. a trilogy. Um, the The end of the first movie, Shia dies in battle, and so the second movie that explains why John is kind of like rough and and a dick to everybody, and um, and why he like it just adds onto his extra like damnedness. And then the post credit scene for the second movie could be it's revealed he's an angel, and he's a big part of the third movie. Then how about that? Cause like, okay. I, cause yeah. in that first movie, then, like I said, you can establish the spear of destiny and, and you can even say, um, you can have John be like, here's why the spear of destiny is important. Um, we don't know who's coming for it, but we we know that somebody is coming for it, right? We don't know what they plan on using it, but here's what it could do. And then the second one is actually, and then so at the end of the first one, like John gets it contained and they're like, kind of, kind of like, um, uh, the Marvel movies did this with um, with the Infinity Stones, where it's just like, here's this really yeah. powerful thing, and here's what it could happen if you have it. So we're gonna come and we're gonna store it, and we're gonna we're gonna keep it contained and all that, like because that's like the Tesseract, and then you know they come and mm-hmm. get the Tesseract um, in in Avengers, like, and that's like a big weapon for that. So it's like you could do essentially the same thing: have the first one establish something as a big threat, and then um, mm-hmm. and then in the sequel like actually reveal the villain is planning on coming to get this so they could use that and then the third one is something um you know or whatever but
0: um i never really you. thought about the spirit destiny that much as a, a huge part of the story like to me it felt like a glorified MacGuffin, which for better it or is worse, right for better or worse <laughs> but, it like, is still- for, for me There's- it was better I, like i don't really care about that aspect of the story i know that it's supposed to release my own. And and they explain mm-hmm. that I'm like I don't really need to know much more about it. The thing I was more interested in throughout the story, which I think they do a good job of, is like there's somebody pulling pulling some strings in the background. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious, and the way they set things up is 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 pretty cool. And I like the fact that you only see Tilda Swinton for like a certain amount of scenes, mm-hmm. so she's not really in the back of your mind for like you know for the entirety of the film until until you know that is revealed that she is pulling the strings and uh, she, she has. Uh, she has these intentions that worth all good villains have. Like it, it is something that like that she believes in, and uh, it is true. Like you know, do we do we deserve you know God's righteousness? Do we deserve you know his you know all we have to do is repent for what we have, and all of a sudden you know we're fine. Um, so I like that whole setup mm. for her. Uh, uh-huh. But but yeah, I never saw it as like well, I don't really need this explained too much to me. I'm like okay, it's a MacGuffin. Uh, the big thing <laughs> is like Mammon getting released, and and that would you know that would in turn upset the devil because he made this pact with God and like, you know, I don't know.
1: It would, I would totally be inclined to agree with you, but the movie makes me think the way that the movie presents the spear of destiny. It makes me think that the spear of destiny is more important than the suicide of the, of the sister. Like the movie seems to present the spear of destiny in a way where it's like, this is really the the thing that you need to be focused on. Um, and because again, it opens the movie. Well, it it opens the movie and it seems like every time it's mentioned or seen, it's kind of like, that's when the stakes are the highest. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. like, I agree with you. I think the movie works really well when it, when it is focused on the investigative of the investigating part of the, of the sister and stuff like that. I think it works significantly better, but like, it just seems like then they're like, oh, and here's the Spear of Destiny. And remember the Spear of Destiny?
2: It's like, I thought, yeah, like I thought you wanted me to know this. So like. <sighs> I would much rather because it is glorified MacGuffin. You you guys are correct. So I would much rather just cut all the, those scenes. In the you know the there's no beginning, no no digging up a Spear of destiny. You know I would much rather if Gabriel at some point you know pulls it out like during the final battle, and then they would just you know and uh, and John uh, not. No, is it? Yeah, it's John. Yes, yeah, because Keanu always plays John's, and John is <laughs> yeah. "Oh, this is Sphere of Destiny. Oh, this this is really important, and we could have some sort of hint. Oh, this is really important, but it doesn't matter. It's already there, you know. And then, as you said, Aaron, you know, the movie is a bit too long anyway, so you can save about 10-15 minutes that way, and just you know let them let Gabriel already have it, and you know. Potentially, you know, we can always explore it at some point, in a, you know, and by cutting it down to actually just Megafin that needs to be there in one scene, you know, entirely, you make the movie slightly, you know, less convoluted, like make it m- much more t- tighter and actually better movie. Mm. Because I would argue the scenes or the movie works purely on Rachel Weiss and Tilda Swinton. Like Rachel Weiss is underappreciated. And in this movie, she, you know, like the scenes with, uh, like, uh, as I mentioned, Keanu was really big let down. Not let down, but just, especially with him and versus Tilda Swinton, you know, those two together. Mm -hmm. It was such a big, you could could feel the acting chops on Tilda and acting, lack of acting chops on Keanu for better or worse. That's fair. And look, like, Keanu is a good guy. Keanu is a good guy. And there are many actors like that, you know. You can argue Ryan Reynolds, he, he's always being one character for, and he's been one character for the last five, six years, right? Because he yeah. is that character. So this is not a knock on Keanu by any means. This is just, you know, Keanu, I, I feel like this, this is why it was miscast, because this character was supposed to be cool but also really edgy. And I think Keanu can do cool. I don't see him doing edgy. This kind of like, you know, almost like Angel on Buffy, let's say. You know, this. you need some some sort of broody kind of edgy kind of, yeah, I've been through some stuff. I've been just... And Keanu, when he says that in his Keanu voice, I just cannot buy it. Like, this is why John Wick works very well, because it's, fo- it doesn't, it's not focused on him talking. It's focused on him, you know, being the action man. Mm. And he does that really well. So that's I think that's why I you know I've noticed again the, the scenes and him and Tilda. It's just it's that's insane fair. the level of how she is and because and, again she's there only for
1: five and minutes. Same with Peter Stormare. He's so good in this movie.
2: Oh, oh, he's chewing up that scenery like nobody's business. Like he he came for his lunch, dinner, and <laughs> dessert, and he had it. He had it all. He's had it all, and that's the thing. That's the other thing. He's there for three, five minutes, and you remember him. You yeah. remember Tilda do you like you remember Keanu just because he's Keanu you know but if he wasn't as famous if he wasn't the Keanu we know would you remember him I, I actually know d- he'll be right I actually
0: dude. do I remember I, quite a bit I, I, I think would. he does the brooding thing really well I think he actually does that extremely well in this film okay uh I think mm-hmm. he's got the dark humor too I think he does that really that really well like I said if they wouldn't have rewritten the character and had him be British we might be, I might be, t- I might be speaking a different tune because then we're going to get Brand Stoker's Dracula over again. And I, I definitely don't want that. So I'm glad they, <laughs> they changed him to be living in LA, but I don't, to, to mm-hmm. me, he came off, he came off fine. But yeah. If you compare him to Tilda Swinton and all these, like, yeah, there's going to be a, a discrepancy, like especially Rachel Weisz. Rachel mm-hmm. Weisz is a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Uh, but I think yeah. they play well off each other. I think they, I could, I could feel the chemistry within those two characters, um, uh,
2: no, no, no! They have Rachel and Keanu. I think they work really well. But it's just, I feel like I don't know. You, you feel like agree to disagree like everybody on Everybody is end. so
1: good in this movie except for Keanu,
2: because Keanu is cool. Yeah, yeah. Keanu is cool, but he's okay. not the dark. And he's he's when he says these like one liners, you know, that's supposed to be make you laugh. I'm like, oh yeah, this guy has been through some stuff. I didn't buy it. But again, it might be just me. Well, so it might be just a like, minority. Because
1: you're saying if it wasn't Keanu
2: in the role, we wouldn't remember this character. Hmm. Not even this character, but like this actor. You know, like because again, we like Tilda Swinton. I, you know, I, in a, in a year's time, I'm not going to remember she was Gabriel. I'm going to remember Tilda Swinton being there and nailing it. I'll, I will probably not remember Peter Stormare being Lucifer. But I will remember Peter Stormare. you know, i seen him in Constantine and he was there for five minutes and he was great. And I will remember, oh, was, Keanu was the main star, right? Okay. And it's a Keanu. we known him from Matrix and from now John, John, John Wick movies. But if it wasn't, you know, uh, Chad Michael Murray, <laughs> you know, would you remember? Would you remember it was a Chad Michael Murray in, as a Constantine? Probably not. All right. I'm
1: gonna yeah, I'm gonna side me, like partly nation. with Joe and partly with you on this one. I think you're right. I think mm-hmm. everybody else is so good in this movie that uh, they are for sure the ones worth remembering. You know, the tilt, like mm-hmm. G- Tilda Witness, is mm-hmm. Gabriel and Peter Stormare's Lucifer, specifically being the standouts. They are so good in this movie, and Rachel, Rachel Weiss as well. They're so good in this movie, and Jaimon Hotsu. Uh, <laughs> They're so good in this <laughs> movie that they are worth. Like they are really the ones that you should remember. I mm-hmm. still like Keanu in this role. Like I said, I still prefer Matt Ryan, uh, but I like Keanu in this role, and I think I think you're right. If it was a lesser known actor, we wouldn't remember the movie for that person. Like I, I think we would get kind of like a like a Brandon Routh as Superman kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's a perfect example. Actually, like yeah. I, like I think it would just be like you don't remember Superman Returns because of Brandon Routh. Um, not to not to say yeah, that remember play face- Constantine. I mean, they could play it really well, and it could be a career defining performance. But um, yeah, I think uh, yes, comparatively, Keanu is not on the same level as everybody else. But I still like him in this role. I'm still really excited to see him come back to this role.
2: I hope he will be great. I honestly look, again. Obviously, it, this is 2005, correct? Yeah. The Const- yeah. Constantine. So he's grown since. So he has, I think, a bit more acting chops now. And he, I think he now actually embraces almost a meme because he kind of became almost a meme. You know, he's not just an actor, he's the Keanu. He is. Keanu is a,
1: you know. I showed uh, the trailer to my wife um, to, Mm -hmm. before um, uh, watching the movie because she wants to see a trailer before she'll commit to watching pretty much anything with me. Um, And the trailer starts off with a classic Keanu, whoa. So like, this is right in the middle (laughs) of
2: like him being a meme. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and think about what what's happened since 2005. You know, he became even more of a meme in a good way, in a yeah. positive way, because he apparently is the most wholesome person you'll ever meet, the kindest person you'll ever meet. So he's, by all, all accounts, a really good dude. So, and I again, he has grown, and I think now he's embraced this persona. And I think now I would actually be excited, I'm excited for a sequel if he's coming back. And I think this time he will be better. I, I will
1: say I'm more excited for a sequel for a 2024 film with starring it than I would be a 20, 2007 film, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things I do want to mention, though, is um, like, just I guess, kind of getting off of the actors at this point. Uh, otherwise, we'll just talk circles. Um, this movie is way ahead of its time visually. This is one of the most gorgeous comic book looking movies I've ever seen. Um, there's, a, there's a scene where John interacts with a demon, like an actual demon in the street, um, as opposed to just like a half read, um, and it's really good CGI um, because it's the demon that mm-hmm. like tries to push him in front of a bus. Like that's really good CGI, and I thought the character design was really interesting um, and uh, and really encapsulated. Like I was scared of that thing for sure, and that's and that's what it's meant to be. And then there's that other there's that other shot in the movie. Whereas Keanu explaining what's going on to Rachel Weiss and a swarm of demons, like the one side of the street goes dark and then the other side of the street goes dark. So they go and they stand next to the statue of Mary. And then, um, and then he like casts a spell that just like illuminates the street. And it's like a street full of demons. Uh, yeah. And then they just like vaporize. Like this movie is gorgeous. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. at, way ahead of its time. I was shocked by that. Yeah.
0: I actually put that as one of the cons. I think some of the visuals are pretty dated, but the, like the things that you're describing, those things came off really well. If that makes any sense, yeah. It's a mixed so, bag, right? It's it's kind of a mixed bag.
1: They they really they really hit their mark on the big things that they needed to. But yeah, right.
0: They have like some yeah. really big swings that really pay off. Like you said, that that initial scene in the street, him lighting the rag, and then also like any type they do any type of like particle effects or visual effects, like with their like weaponry or like the spells, it looks fantastic. Um, and Yeah, I think the caveat being the one character you described that looked really cool and like it was a cool design. Yeah. But like I think the soldier demons and like Memon, they're really under designed and they don't look that great. And when they go to hell, like it's a great idea. I -hmm. love the idea of like smoldering hell on earth look, but it doesn't always like look the best, even though they try really hard because the lighting still looks good. That's fair. It it still looks like he's like, especially like they do like this behind. Uh, the back shot of Keanu and it looks like he's jogging and it looks really ridiculous when you look at it. Like I noticed it really uh, yesterday when I watched it, it just, it looked kind of comical the way he was like uh, kind of jogging around. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you for the most part. I think uh, especially for a 2005 film, there's some films today that don't even look as good as Constantine does. Wow.
1: Um, so yeah um uh, i'm looking at the um oh never mind i was i'm looking at the constantine 2 imbb page right now and i'm th- and i was like i'm thrilled because akiva Goldsman is attached right now to write this movie, and it'll be the same director okay. and so i'm looking at akiva yeah. goldsmith Goldsman, and i'm like man he's got a lot of star trek stuff recently like picard strange new worlds titans like uh or, that's not star trek um star trek discovery and I'm like, man, that's exciting. Like, I think that's a really good fit. And then it's like Transformers The Last Knight, uh, <laughs> The Dark Tower, um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and I'm just like, oh, Batman and Robin. I'm like, oh. But then it's like, you know, Batman Forever and A Time to Kill and A Beautiful Mind, I, Robot, um, Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons. I think that'll play perfectly into this. I Am Legend, Cinderella Man, Fringe. I think I think that's a really good choice to write this one, to, to write next. One. That'd be awesome. Um, I hope that sticks around.
0: Also, Peter Stormare coming back. I mean, that's kind of a, a given. Like, you got to have Lucifer in the story, but like, that's really exciting.
1: I feel like we'll see we'll see a lot of. I think I think we'll see somebody play the Shia character. I don't know if the studio wants Shia, mm-hmm. but um, it, with the post credit <laughs> scene, um, you know, maybe we'll get the return of that character. I like to think Jaimon Honsu wants to come back. Um, play Papa Midnight again. Um, I think. I think. I think. Sure. I, I, I think we will see Tilda Swinton return. Um,
2: and uh... even though she's a fallen angel now, she's a just a human, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But like, she, she, you know, she'll still be part of the. It's not like she's mm-hmm. imprisoned or killed. Like.
2: No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So no, I'm just just thinking. Maybe like this, like sequel will be about her trying to get her powers back or trying to become an angel, angel again. Maybe I, I could go for more
1: Tilda yeah, Swinton. Go for that. Um, I don't I don't foresee Rachel Weisz coming back, and I don't I don't know that that's a problem. Um, I, I think they were fine in the movie, but it's like if it it, that would just be one extra thing.
2: Mm-hmm. And her storyline will right, finished. That's, that's the other finished?
1: thing, and and it's kind of the point of the end of the movie. Constantine giving her the t- the mm-hmm. the um the uh, the spear and just saying like you got to go, um, <laughs> like. You gotta, you gotta put it somewhere where I will never find it. Um, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's kind, kind of, of a a, point, is like right, it, we're done.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was kind, it was kind of an exit for her story, right? Unless she like completely hides it and comes back, but like, like, like you guys both said, it seemed like her story thread was tied up yeah. quite nicely. Like,
1: mm-hmm. and and they had so, like a little bit of like hinted romantic stuff, but like, like nothing that I ever felt was like we, you know, we need to see them in the sequel or whatever. Even, even. I would believe that they would be together in the future. Like, it's it's the point that they, like, separate and
2: split. Um, but to, that's to your point, that yet again, a way ahead of its time. Because think about it, you know, what kind of blockbuster, or this, presume, you know, they wanted to be a blockbuster, would have done that? You know, you have two, you know, sexy people, and usually they pair up, they kiss, you know, and they, you know, he gets the girl, the girl gets the guy, you know, happy end. And now this never happens. There is always like, you know, I actually appreciate those glimpses where it seems like they're going to kiss, but he never did. I really like that. Yeah. There's a,
1: there's only one recent example. I can think of a film that did something similar. Well, and that's Bumblebee. Um, yeah. That's it though. Cause, it, cause it's always like there, there ro- there's romance at the end and then somebody didn't sign on for the sequel. So, th- so they're like, Oh, well they broke up between movies one and two or whatever, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I think, I think Bumblebee is the only example I can think of um, off the top of my head.
0: I think it worked well story-wise, yeah. too, because he already had two... I mean, how many people have probably exited his life through his work? You know what I mean? And, like, you get two examples in the mm-hmm. film. You get Hennessy and you get Beeman. Yeah. He's probably reluctant to make any type of bonds with anybody, you know, due to his track record. Like People around him start dropping dead. And well, with Chaz and, too.
1: <laughs> and for the film, he knows he's about to die soon. You know, he knows... Right. Um like he's been told by an angel like you're going to die very young because you smoke 30 cigarettes a day for the last 15 years. Like <laughs> that's uh, such a good line. <laughs> there's so many good lines in this movie um cuz there's the one oh geez. uh it's it's in the scene where the lights go out. Um and they're at the uh geez, I got to look this up now. Uh the the lights go out and there's the there's the van. Um they're standing outside the van. Oh, it's the it's, she says she doesn't believe in Satan, and he says, "Oh, well, that's funny because he believes in you. He believes in, he he. Believes in you. I, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: Like that line was awesome. Um, it, it, not uh, again, not really a line, but the motion of Constantine flipping off Lucifer as he's ascending to heaven.
0: Uh, I think uh, I, I, was, I was thinking you could point me in the right direction. He's like, sure, and he like points to the door with his drink in his hand. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. See, I, those are some of the things. Like, he pulled that off. Like that, that worked. Cool. Yes, that that's worked very tw- cool. Like, but I don't know."
1: Well, and there's the uh, there's also I thought was a really cool visual, like as John is dying and Lucifer's dragging him and then like just all the heavy. tiles and the concrete <laughs> yeah. just start yeah, he, he all of a sudden weighs a million pounds, like he can't move. The soul's um, heavy.
0: There's there's, <laughs> <a light. laughs>
1: Uh, there's also that moment where it's uh, where um, Rachel Weiss is like preparing to get in the tub so she can go find her sister, and she's like, "Do I have to take off the rest of my clothes?" And it's like a thirty second pause, and he's just like, "I'm thinking." <laughs> right, that's funny. Like, yeah, um, yeah. No, I was there, there was another one liner that I thought was. Just killer. Um uh I'm trying to find in the INDB quotes. Uh I
0: like the beginning too. He's like, here, send this message to your boss, and he flips off the uh soldier demon.
1: Oh, it's um it's after Gabriel Gabriel gets transformed into a human and then he just like smacks her in the mouth and, and he's just like, that's called pain. Get used to it's it. Called, get used to it. Yeah. It was awesome. uh yeah, I think uh yeah, as as we started talking about this movie, I was like, maybe I don't like this movie as much because I'm just like I'm sitting here and I'm like in my head, I'm trying to like figure out like I think this makes a really good trilogy, and here's here's where I would place scenes and sequences. But now like, no, like this th- this movie's awesome and again. Like some of those visual flares are incredible ahead of their time. Um, I'm trying to think, if there's anything else? Um, a little overcomplicated sometimes. Oh, the the the. I thought it was awesome. The exorcism at the beginning of the movie too, like the way they do it, like trapping the demon oh, yeah. in the mirror. Like I, I looked at my wife and I'm like, get ready for some cool stuff. And, uh, uh, and, and like, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was like very I reminiscent kind of, wish they of...
2: did more of this. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Luke. no, I just kind of wish they did more of that because that, you know, it starts really strong and then we don't really see it until the end. So yeah, but that was a really cool way to start.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think I'm gonna like this movie a little bit more every time I watch it, uh, but it, it I will never shake the idea. I mean, even if you look at the poster artwork on IMDb, this is gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's ridiculously good looking. Uh, and I think this is one of those that um, I will all, I will like a little bit more every time I see it, but I will never shake the fact that I think this is a better part two than a part one. Um, and I think I think this movie is a really good like two thirds of a trilogy, uh, or like slightly more than two thirds. Um, you know, it, it's awesome. Um, so, um, unfortunately I hope I, I'm really excited for the sequel and I'm more excited after seeing this again, knowing that the original director is going to return. Um, I'm really excited. I just, I, st- I still wish the Matt Ryan stuff would have continued more. Um, but I, because they teased some really interesting things in the finale. So th- it's only like, I think this the show was only like 12 episodes. Um, and the pilot, like they changed so much from the pilot to episode two. So like brace, whenever you watch it, Joe, brace for that. The pilot feels completely different um, with the storylines they set up and it sucks because the pilot was great. Um, but the rest <laughs> of the show is equally as great. It's just, wh- you get whiplash. Um, but they do some really interesting things in the finale that Man, I, w- I wish we would see more of that. So, um, anyway, and, and they and they tease like um, certain villains along the way. Um, like at one point, you see Doctor Fate's helmet, and you're like, "Oh, let's go!" Um, mm-hmm. it's awesome. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the sequel. I'm more excited for the sequel after watching this again because, again, my my thought on the movie had been up to this point, it's okay, and I still don't think it's one that I want to watch all the time. Probably the next time I'll watch it is right before the sequel comes out, but. Um, I certainly like it more every time I watch it. Um, any other thoughts? Last thoughts on the movie? Luke, are you
2: excited for a sequel? Mm, yeah, again, yeah, I'm I'm 100% on board with Keanu and more Keanu now when he's grown and learned and embraced what he is, who he is. And yeah, as long as, as, long as there's going to be a great story and, you know, the director, I had no problem with the director or anything like that. So yeah, I'm 100%, uh, you know, behind that, even though it kind of dropped just a tiny bit for me on a rewatch but it, it might be a me problem sure uh
1: okay um uh, joe safe to say you're excited for a sequel
0: yeah i'm all on board like for all the things you mentioned especially francis lawrence coming back i think he had a great he has a great visual style i think his career started in music videos mm-hmm. so that probably helps like a lot of great directors have great visual styles because they've started from doing music videos just more kind of punchy mm-hmm. uh, cinematography and whatnot so yeah I'm, I'm all about it. i'm excited cool uh well that'll take us to our b plot
1: then uh not necessarily related uh this might have worked better last week since we talked about a film featuring the legion of doom uh but it was suggested and i think this is a really good idea so we're going to go for it uh we are going to pick some villains uh from any comic book material and as well as we kind of made an exception for you could do some uh movie movie related people uh but essentially form your legion of doom um and so i'd like to hear uh, also a little bit of your thought process behind why you picked some of these people um so i said no more than seven people um obviously it's the legion of doom so they are meant to be um villains like you know it's not there's gonna be no superman or batman here or anything like that so um uh, yeah so your legion of doom um Joe, I want to, I'm really curious to hear yours. Let's hear uh, who you got and, again, a little bit of why you picked who you picked.
0: Yeah, for my Legion of Doom, uh, it's funny because I'm going completely off-brand, flipping it to uh, Marvel. So everybody I have in here is part of the MCU. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, so for me, my obvious choice for a leader would be Thanos. Uh, he's kind of the guy that has, you know, man with a plan. Even though generally anybody in this list could probably end up being a leader. I think it's what kind of like makes this group compelling. Uh, but he has an ultimate goal to bring the universe together. Uh, his goal isn't the probably the best way to tackle this, but it kind of adds more to his character because he just enjoys killing people. So he's going to take the most direct course to do so, uh, even though he could probably wish for unlimited resources for people or any a number of other solutions. Um, so yeah, that was my uh, my first pick was Thanos as of this group. Cool. Um, who else do you have? We'll just go
1: everybody can... Can kind of give off all their things oh, at once
0: sure um yeah as kind of a lieutenant or somebody like on the field I put Eric Killmonger as an uh, Daka. uh mm-hmm. like I said he has all the skills necessary to destabilize any group or any uh, any nation so he's perfect for this um also I think overall as a villain he's very sympathetic uh for a lot of ways he's just going things about it the wrong way I think it makes a compelling villain um I put Adrian Toomes uh Vulture um he can handle all the tech side help out with that yeah yeah uh uh, Baron Zemo, another person for planning, and also he mm-hmm. just has a, a strong taste for enhanced people, so uh, this he would definitely help, uh, and uh, last but not least, I put Wenwu, um, I thought he was actually a really excellent villain uh, in the Ten Rings, uh, Shang-Chi, um, he's lived for, uh, I don't know, like a century, so he has all this knowledge, uh, just about any any subject, and he was a former conqueror, so I think he'd be really great into that group as well.
1: Yeah, Nice i like that that's a good pick and i like like, like it seems logical um yeah it seems logical uh it feels like yeah it, it feels like since you're using the mcu like it's so hard not to not to label thanos as the uh, uh as the leader but it feels like zemo really should be but because it's mcu it's so hard not to yeah anyway um uh, good I pick mean, that though. could be that could
0: be their downfall too like there's so many leaders in this group like That'd be cool, like uh, a powder cake thing.
1: (laughs) I struggled with that so hard. Um, I'm really satisfied with who I actually wound up picking leader, but I I so badly wanted to pick a few, and then I wanted to make sure, like, if they're not leading, they're not part of this group um, for me. But uh, Luke, why don't you go next? I'll finish this off.
2: Okay, so I have taken only horror movie villains because MCU has a problem with villains, and I didn't want this (laughs) to become all MCU second, third tier list. So I'll not. I'm not gonna start with my leader. I'm just gonna work my way to the end. Uh. So let's start with some muscles. So every good team needs some muscles. So for mine would be Nemesis from the Resident Evil games, or if we stick with the movies, Resident Evil Apocalypse and Jason Voorhees. So just a quick quick thing uh if you know if you only know nemesis from resident evil 2 you know it is much stronger villain than the movie makes it you know makes him appear because it is in the games he is this unstoppable threat the there's the entire game it's i believe it's third one just based on him chasing you throughout the entire game because he is so unstoppable you bump into him several times throughout the game and you barely escape most of the time right. so yeah Nemesis
1: yeah. is Resident Evil 3 Mr X is too yeah yeah yes
2: yeah but in a movie yeah, but in in the actual right. yeah but in a franchise and in, in a movie it's, it's a, yeah it's a and um, an Nemesis as far as I uh, remember it's only in the second one in Apocalypse because yeah, for some reason they only utilized the biggest bad quite early on, and they just killed
1: him off. Uh I think Mister X is a more terrifying villain. Uh, that's just my thought. So I mean, okay, okay. I I, I, I could be wrong, but I just mm-hmm. yeah, Mister X scared the pants and...
0: off of me. It's a silhouette like okay. the, the trench coat and the hat. It's like yeah,
1: it's like well, it's he's crazy. expressionless, and he like 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 Nemesis like moves like Mister X just like walks everywhere like, and he's stoic mm-hmm. and all that then but nemesis like has different abilities mr is just calm hulk you know <laughs>
2: yeah 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 yeah. well nemesis is just you know nemesis is just like slow hulk you know it's a really well, but he also has like the, arm, like the arm like the tentacle
1: arms and like other stuff yeah. like mixed is and the bazooka.
2: just fist, just blob of muscle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and in a game i don't know if i'm pretty sure it's in a movie as well he's got like the bazooka on him as well yeah. so you know he is unstoppable. He's almost like a terminator in a way. It's oh, all, yeah. like this giant thing that's un- almost really hard to kill, un- almost unstoppable, and it just yeah, it should you know spread fear everywhere it goes. Oh, yeah. That's a good pick. And for my, I didn't think of any kind of ranking, like who's the general, who's gonna be collecting, you know, anything. So you know, excuse that. Uh, for my next pick, I picked Daniel Robitaille, A.K.A. The Candyman from the original Candyman and the reboot, I guess, uh, because you know what else is more terrifying than just a guy who shows up in a mirror when you say his name, ter- you know, three times. Obviously, we don't have to say his name for him to appear. And he, you know, especially played by Tony Todd, he is, he has the presence. He has them. He will scare the living crap out of you. And, you know, he doesn't need much time to do it. And, you know, the hook is quite effective as a weapon. That's a great pick. I love Tony Todd. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm, Me too. Me too. And so for my next pick, I kind of thought, so now I'm going to give you the leader, which would be Freddy Krueger. Um I always like the nightmare on Elm Street the best because of Freddy Krueger because unlike Jason or Mike Myers as we talked before, he you know, those two are just killers. And and um, yes, they, the their sequels made them almost these unstoppable almost like entities kind of ghosts to some point because they cannot be killed. But they are just the men. They are. They should have, or they've always been just men until the sequels made them some sort of unstoppable, unkillable entities. Mm. Whereas Freddy Krueger's always been the ultimate boogeyman. He's always been the one guy you cannot escape from because you need to go to sleep eventually. You can you can load up on coffee or Red Bulls or whatever you want, but eventually it will it will catch up with you. And when you finally go to sleep, Freddy will be there. And it's really hard, it's really hard to get from him, you know, escape escape him. And I always liked uh, Robert Englund and his sarcasm, you know, sarcasm. He's has such a fun with the role. And they already teamed up as, you know, Freddy vs. Jason, that's already happened. And he was, if I remember correctly, he was leader in that movie. He also tried to manipul- manipulate Jason, I believe. They didn't team up. I, it was pretty, a while yeah, seen it. Well, it was the the movie. Did you yeah. see the movie? Uh, like ten years ago. Okay, because didn't they? Because didn't they first like team up first, and then they kind of f- Freddy tried to pull something, and that's why Jason got mad, and that's that's when they. He was antagonizing him. I-
0: he was like. Pulling the strings in the background, antagonizing. Uh, I
2: don't remember Jason. the beginning mm-hmm.
0: of the movie. <laughs> they're not teaming up; they're just Be- both forces of nature at, the, okay. at that point in time. But like,
1: I was like, I'm, I'm like, I know it's not one of those where they resolve their differences and and get buddy buddy no, no, at no. the yeah. end. Like, like yeah,
2: no, like, no, 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 no. I think they kind of started not a buddy buddy, but I think they kind of started in a way that Freddy was the leader. And he would tell him, oh, Jason, you need to go there and kill those, you know, teenagers there. And uh, and he was pulling strings a bit too much. And, again, it's been a while since I've seen it. But I remember... He's taking his kills. I remember there was... A, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. He's taking his kills. And Jason got mad. Yeah. But, yeah, that that's Freddy Krueger was my leader. And the way I envisioned this question was... <clears throat> excuse me. What would happen if somebody if somebody went up the, you know up to this team like you know and actually su- managed to survive right? So if you go through Nemesis, if you go through Jason Voorhees, if you go through Candyman, and even Freddy Krueger himself, he's haunting you in your dreams. Somehow you manage to escape and survive all of this you'll probably, you know, you'll probably not be good in the head. So you probably will end up in some sort of hospital, possibly mental hospital. But spoiler alert, that's where my last pick comes in. Louis Fletcher from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Kru- 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 mm-hmm. Nest. It's aka Nurse Ratchet, One of the most evil, evil beings ever to put on a film. And that's what makes her evil because she is a real person. And she will give you you know, she will make that I, that be you being there and trying to recover living hell. Uh, speaking of her, Louis Fletcher just died, just passed away a couple of days ago. So rest in peace. She was a great one. But yeah, that was that's my pick. So Nurse Ratchet is the obvious outsider out of that group. But there's a there's a point that I the way I envision it, you know, how imagine a movie where you think it's an, it's you know it's the end. And the character is in the hospital, in the hospital after everything. And one of the last shots is her, Nurse Ratchet, coming in. I'll take care of you now. And just the credits. And you will know that's you know, there's gonna be something going down. There's you know, it's not over yet. Nice.
1: Okay. Um uh, I have a team of one, two, three, four, five, six people. Um, uh, I feel like maybe there's a seventh, but I I just I didn't feel like like I feel like I have a role, but I feel like I can lump that role in with somebody else. Um so I really, really wanted to put Kingpin in here. Um hmm. and I didn't. Uh, because Kingpin would be the leader or nothing. Um, he would have problems, yeah. but my le- we're oh, talking the Legion of Doom here, so we're talking like the a, a smart person who can manipulate people as well as you know just rally bad guys together. Somebody with a plan. Somebody ideally with finances. Um, I think the perfect leader for the Legion of Doom is Ozymandias from Watchmen. Um, hmm. It's it, it's just. It's just too good. Um, So um, now, just like in Watchmen, um, the the team needs a sort of like really big threat to where they're not just going to get randomly attacked. You know, like the Watchmen have Dr. Manhattan. And because Dr. Manhattan exists, the team is, in theory, safe for most of the time. Obviously, the plot of Watchmen is somebody is killing them off. But it's like people aren't going to mess with the watchman because they know if they mess with night owl, they mess with Dr. Manhattan and Dr. Manhattan could just think you dead and you're dead. Um, so we need that big opposing threat on the Legion of doom. So I have Galactus um, cause nobody's going to me- mess with you when Galactus is on your side. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yep. Um, I, I wanted a strategist. a strategizer. I wanted somebody that could help think things through and kind of assist um ozymandias uh, but also probably not be egotistic enough you need to be a leader so that's where dr fate comes into play um i think that's a great role for him to play Uh, and i need um a couple of foot soldiers so i wanted somebody who was invincible so i picked mike myers um luke like you were saying mike myers is um in in the first film he's just a human Uh, and i think even the second film he's just a human um yes uh it's only when they start to like recanonize stuff because like um it's not until curse of michael myers that we realize no he actually is not supposed to be able is to she- be killed because that's where you get the curse of the thorn uh and then in the reboot in, in h2o and resurrection like he's just kind of back to probably a person but maybe not who knows they can they'll always find a way to write him alive um mm-hmm. and in the zombie halloween's um Again, it's just a person. Uh, but I feel mm-hmm. like I wanted to save this thought until later. I feel like Halloween ends is going to have to introduce something for Mike Myers. Like, there's no way he's just a person. Um, at least for me, um, I don't. I don't actually think they're going to. But I think at least the filmmakers have to have an idea. Uh, that's why I think it's just great. Just bring the curse of the thorn back, and you know, um, just I, I write it differently. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, but but what? You know, what an easy way to to take care of that because Mike Myers should be dead four times over in Halloween kills. And the fact that he's still alive at the end of the movie just pisses me off unless they're good, unless they're going to say, you know, some supernatural reason why he's alive. And I think the, I think the movie is trying to say he is pure evil. Like he is the existence of evil. He is the essence of evil. Um, But like either way. Um, So Mike Myers is kind of an indestructible brute force person for me. Um, I wanted somebody that, um, could fit in as like a foot soldier, maybe even a general, um, but also somebody that has like access and connections. So I went with red hood. Um, I feel like that would be really, really good. And so here's where like the other part of like, I feel like I want somebody to be able to do stealth missions to where, Oh, we just need one guy picked off real quick. Who are we going to pick? And I probably could have picked somebody here, but I feel like you could do red red hood. He's not known for his stealth, but he certainly could be. Um, I didn't feel like it was worth adding an extra person. Uh, and then my last pick is just because I really wanted to include him because I think it would be a really good force to have and because I think uh, it's awesome. I picked Yellow Lantern. Um, so specifically uh, the Injustice version of Hal Jordan where he gives in um, and becomes a yellow lantern um so he gives in starts ruling by fear and as a villain so um i think i think that holds a lot of power i think it kind of adds to the cosmic element and it just refortifies your army and uh when you when you have the legion of doom and you have like liter- li- the embodiment of good in hal jordan you know but a corrupted version uh, that's just a really good asset to have the only only weakness is because he was at one point the embodiment of good, he always has the capacity to turn back, and so you got to keep him in line. But that's why Doctor Fate's there. Um, anyway, that's my Legion of Doom. So uh, very nice. I think we can combine all of our forces together and rule the world pretty easily. <laughs> so uh, yes, or I guess maybe do our Legion of Doom have to duke it out? I don't know. Um, <laughs> reply on Twitter, and which Legion of Doom do you think would would defeat the other ones? Uh, <laughs> there can only be one. Uh anyway, well, that just leaves the spin-off. Uh but that, I thought that was a lot of fun. Thanks for bringing that up, Luke. Appreciate it. Uh, mm-hmm, no problem. Uh so that just leaves the spin-off. So, um Luke, we'll start with you this time. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you're really wanting to tell people to check out or to avoid?
2: Okay. So, I have two really quick things. <laughs> um two movies, uh, both high recommends. One is a new one, uh, you have heard of it it's called bullet train i recently watched it in a cinema and i really had a great time like i have i didn't expect to love it as much as i have and i thought it was great and my second pick is a m- bit more obscure it's a 1961 movie called lanote and it's this classic italian black and white movie about marriage that's kind of falling apart kind of maybe not and it uh, takes, uh, takes uh, you know, happens in just one, over the course of one night. And that's why it's called The Night. And it's amazing. It's It can be viewed, um, you, you know, you hear it in black and white, Italian, 61. It might be and, and it's two hours. And you think, oh, this might be just a snooze fest. But it's actually brilliant character study of two people who, are probably just outgrown each other but they are too afraid to admit it and that this is the movie where still hollywood's hollywood and a drama plays off a lot of a lot of time without us even realizing it really high recommend for both
1: Mm. okay um i'm gonna go ahead and go next um and then joe you can finish this off so um, I watched, I, so I, last week I talked about the Halloween franchise and how I had been binging them. So I talked, I just kind of give a quick rundown. Um, and I think, I think I left off at resurrection, um, uh, or maybe H2O was the last one. Uh, either way. I watched um, the only one I haven't seen now is Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, which means I've watched up until Rob Zombie's Halloween. So I want to talk about Rob Zombie's Halloween, the 2007 film. Um, I hated this movie like so (laughs) much. Um, And here's the thing. I don't think I've ever seen a Rob Zombie movie, Um, but I'm not deterred from watching another one because I don't necessarily like the gore aspects and stuff like that didn't really bother me. Um, I actually found it pretty mild compared to what I was expecting. Um, but like, I've never seen devil's rejects or anything like that. Um, so I, I thought it was pretty mild just from, from Rob Zombie's reputation. Um, like obviously it was still kind of brutal, but it's like, but I just watched like the, the Halloween movies are pretty brutal. Um, mm-hmm. Mike miles is a very, Michael Myers is a very brutal character. Um, I hate what this movie does to Lori. Um, it makes Lori completely unlikable. And a very different character than Laurie ever was. Um, I really, really hate what the movie does to Laurie. And ultimately, this movie also has a forty-minute prologue that kind of tries to explain why Mike is the way he is. And I think Hollow, I think Mike Myers is the perfect example of a character that you. The movie works better if you don't understand why Mike is the way he is. You just understand that he is. Um, now, unless you want to introduce some sort of supernatural element, I think that works fine. You know, the Curse of the Thorn. I think that's an okay way to do it. So either he's either he's just human, um, and you don't really know why. It adds to the mystery. Why on earth is this person doing this? Um, or if it's a supernatural element, um, great. But but going into all the backstory about um, his his abuse as a, as a kid and trying to explain that and seeing um, how he kind of developed to this persona, it, it really ruined the character for me. Um, I thought it was a really bad choice. I think it mean, meant something. I think Rob Zombie did exactly what he wanted to. And I respect him for that. Um, I just, I really hated the movie more for what it did to Lori than what it did to Mike. But cause I thought Mike was the most effective he'd been yet in this franchise. Um, he's intimidating as hell. Um, I just, uh-huh. I, I really, I really hated what they did to Lori, And I thought the 40 minute prologue, um, took away all the fun of the character. So I, so far, I, uh, I think it's my second least favorite Halloween movie. The theatrical cut of curse of Michael Myers is terrible. Um, <laughs> so I think, I think that one is beneath it. Um, but it's close. I really hated that movie. Um, I actively hate rob zombies halloween more than i hate curse of michael myers but there's at least some good things in rob zombies halloween i i really like um um malcolm mcdowell as um sam Loomis. i really like him anyway
0: i think he was one of the more inspired choices in that film that was a good choice
1: and i like what they did with the character we got to see him interacting with mike and we got to see um you know he's genuinely a really well-intentioned guy you know versus sam loomis in Halloween and you can understand how Sam Loomis and Halloween, in the original Halloween is like, you don't understand what he's capable of. We got to go kill him immediately. Like I've seen what he can do. Like I, you kind of get that now. Um, you know, um, just helped. I think, I think it did a good job for that character. Um, so yep. Anyway, Joe, why don't you, why don't you finish this off?
0: Yeah. Um, I'll just wrap a few things to be real quick possible. Uh, yeah. First and foremost, I think Andor is terrific. Um, I think a lot of people are sleeping on it but it's probably the most uh, kind of sci-fi out of all the star wars it's not like uh, space magic so uh, i think people will be really into that for the performances and writing i um, having a lot of fun with shield attorney at law i know it's kind of split between people but i'm having a lot of fun with it i like shield as a character not only like but love shield as a character um comic book so that um berserk the golden age trilogy i believe they're still on netflix but they're coming up memorial editions the golden age arc uh, it's it's not me if I'm not dropping some anime stuff so I did that uh, I think
1: I, I saw like Keanu Reeves is starring in a berserk thing here soon anyway huh.
0: um, yeah uh and world by night uh that was terrific that was a really excellent special I hope Marvel does more of that um and uh last uh, but not least hereditary if you want something spooky uh, a little more elevated horror I would nice. say try that out Those are the picks, like. nice um... Yeah, I'm really excited to watch Werewolf. I'm
2: excited to watch everything about actually. <laughs> it, it's
0: uh, it's really cool. Like, yeah,
2: uh, Andor is amazing.
0: Yeah, Andor is really amazing too.
1: Like, yep. Um, Keanu, Ree- yeah, Keanu Reeves is starring in uh, Berserker. B r z r k r. Coming out, it's in pre-production now. It's based off a comic. Um, comic follows a mortal warrior known as Berserker as he fights his way through the ages. Is that the same material?
0: Uh, no, uh, Berserk is a manga done by the late Kentaro uh, Mira. It, it's been going on since like the late 80s. It's like fantasy, it. horror. It's like a lot of different genres mixed together, but it's, I highly recommend that if you end up reading some manga. Sure. Well, uh,
1: that'll do it for the show. Uh, remember, you can follow Luke uh, at uh, at his website and on Letterboxd. Then you can follow Joe on Instagram. I'll make sure to have those handles in the uh, episode descriptions for you. You can check out. Uh, my stuff on Twitter, letterboxed at Schweitcastle. And quick reminder, sifpop Writer's Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at StudioDNA.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. And if you want to write for SifPop.com uh, or you have some feedback for the show or you want to send us a question to Explorer and the B-plot, you can email Writer's Room at SifPop.com. And please, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave us a review. We'd really appreciate that. Next week, I'm talking about TV with uh, Nick and um, so hopefully have some andor talk some she hulk talk from my end i haven't started either of those yet but i'm hoping to get through them um werewolf by night uh, at the very least nick will talk about all three of those things uh, but i'm I, I will do my best to be in on the conversation and uh, uh next month joe and i will be returning to talk about something comic book related get figured out and let you know a little bit in advance so um yeah, that'll do it. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining. Really appreciated. it. Uh, thanks for your time. And I had a good time. Always yeah, no well, a pleasure.
0: Yeah, it was lots of fun. Thanks, yeah.
1: Sir. I feel like you know, it was 90% Halloween, then <laughs> but Like That's okay. That's, that's all good. Uh, ooh, something to look forward to next time you're on, Joe, is uh, Black Panther 2 and the Fablemans are our coming attractions. So, ooh. Uh, awesome. Yeah, well, we'll have to find something for our, um, actual conversation, but that's all good. Um, yeah. So we'll see you guys next time. And, uh, don't forget to come back next week, uh, to hear about, uh, the TV catch up.